Just being honest. Nothing but the truth, How 
Um, do you manage sexual desires? And if you're not a virgin, how do you manage that as a Christian? Well, first of all, uh, I just wanted to respond to that, that intro. I, I will definitely get to your answer. But first, let me commend you guys for uh, just lifting up this topic and for making it relevant. Um, I, I think in the midst of a, a pandemic and crisis here and there, uh, certainly in the and across the world, uh, topics like this can get lost in the shuffle and sometimes get lost in terms of just what's going on in culture. So I just, again, commend you guys, number one, for stepping out and doing the podcast, but um, also for these very provocative topics that I, I was saying online, uh, not only is the topic uh, hot, it's atomic. <laughs> so I really uh, just appreciate and I am honored to be here on today. Uh, now getting to your, your question, Christina, you are asking uh, how do you manage and how do you navigate that space of uh, being a virgin before and after, how, can you rephrase that for me? So, I, um, yeah. So, what if, so what if you're a virgin? How mm-hmm. do you manage sexual desires? And if you're not a virgin, how do you manage that as a Christian? So, okay. So, I, I, I think it's important to realize that uh, number one, sexual desires are normal <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're healthy, and also they are sanctioned by God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing that people need to understand. Uh, if you think about it in the truest context, the first sexual thought came from God. Mm. <laughs> he was the first individual, the first entity to have a sexual thought. Mm. Now let's in your imagination for a minute. So uh, I think that's the first thing that we need to recognize. Um, And then after we realize that God is the author of sex and even having sexual thoughts, I think it's also important to kind of harness that understanding. Uh, You and I are familiar with how the Bible talks about it's important to understand that as you are a child, you you think and you conduct yourself as a child, but when you become mature, Mm -hmm. when you you put away childish things. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that harnessing or that understanding about sex starts in the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it starts with having a healthy understanding, number one, of where it originated and then what sex is actually all about. So when you talk about virginity, I think it's important to understand a couple of things. Um, virginity is twofold, and I know that we probably need a receipt for that. So uh, what I was looking at is Genesis. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And I think we talked about this briefly offline, Genesis 24 and 16, Mm -hmm. where we were talking about uh, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me when I was in my early 20s with this, because uh, even as we discussed before, uh, before I got married, I was not a virgin. Mm -hmm. God, to help me to uh, reconcile that. Okay, Mm -hmm. how can I be a, a, a vessel of honor and how I cannot be useful in the kingdom if I have this horrible past. Mm-hmm. And the verse that he gave me was Genesis 24 and 16, where it talks again about Rebecca. And it says mm-hmm. in the James and the damsel talking about Rebecca was mm-hmm. fair, fine, 
she looked good. <laughs> says that she was a virgin. Then it says not only was she a virgin, but neither had any man known her. Mm. And I said, you know, that seems a little excessive, you know, describing her like that. You know, if she's a virgin, then okay, that should be enough said. But it said mm. neither had any man known her. And what God helped me to understand is that uh, virginity is twofold. He said that it's conduct, but it's also character. Mm. It's a deed, but it's also a disposition, too. And I had to, you know, meditate on that for a minute and say, okay, how does that apply? How does that make sense? And if you think about it, if you commit the act of having sex before marriage, that's Mm -hmm. something that you can never undo. You can never go back and uh, become unvirgined, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Once that that horse is out of the stable, you can't put them back in. So what he helped me to understand and what he helped me to reconcile with myself in my own walk is that you can recover the character of a virgin. Mm -hmm. You, You do that by becoming a new creature in Christ. So what I really have learned to appreciate about God is just, the, the fact that he has a redemptive measure in place for those of us, and I say us, yeah. <laughs> that uh, don't necessarily have that squeaky clean background before we come to Christ. And even if mm-hmm. you have uh, knowing Christ, there is a redemptive measure in place so that you don't have to, uh, how can I say, uh, live in a, a perpetual permanent sentence of damnation (laughs) he provides a way of escape from that shame and so what it is is he'll place you on a journey to redeem that character to uh, redeem that disposition of a virgin Mm. wow all right so you so the point is that it comes down to the character like even if you're not a virgin that if if you're if you're it's all about the mindset correct Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that, but just knowing that it's redeemable, you can go back and reclaim it. Mm-hmm. That oh, there was a, a transgression or a mistake, or maybe sometimes we just get caught up. There's all kinds of reasons that kind of facilitate us getting involved or getting caught up in sex before marriage. And what I just so appreciate about God is that He's time enough uh, for all of that. He is already factored in all of those mistakes. And he says, you know what? I have a way of escape. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that really helped me in my early twenties when uh, <laughs> <laughs> not only was the horse out of the stable, he had done a couple laps, <laughs> gotten a couple of ribbons. So uh, that really helped me in my, in my walk with Christ. Mm. Uh, that, that's good because I, I think most people think um, their mind state with that is that once they've, you know, already let the horse out of the stable that, you know, I've already gone mm-hmm. too far, basically, so I might as well just keep on going because I can't possibly, mm-hmm. you know, go back to God mm-hmm. like this. You know, I sometimes I, um, I think people might think, like, how can you even go back into prayer? How can you even go back into worship? With making a right. mistake, not just with um, uh, giving your virginity away, with just making any mistake or any sin at all. A lot of times, people fall into that trap of thinking that they can't be forgiven when they've already been forgiven. Yeah. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. And God has already put provision in place so that you could be mm. forgiven. I think that's awesome. So my quest, next question would be, um, so what does God allow as far as being physically intimate with someone else before marriage? Can like, like is there kissing involved before marriage? Is there? What's involved with that? Is it everything but intercourse? Yeah. Like, what does that? <laughs> that cool? Yeah. <laughs> What comes in that package? Okay. What what I have found permissible in the Bible, and I might sound old fashioned, I don't know, but I'm old one, so I don't know how I could be old fashioned. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what I do see that was not rebuked uh, was definitely uh, kissing. I saw how in Genesis, I believe that was around chapter 24, too, how Jacob, when he saw Rachel for the first time, he walked right up to her at the well and just planted one on her, you know, because he was so attracted to her and really desired her. He he Mm. kissed her. Mm. And I don't see anywhere in the Bible where that was rebuked, Um, where think you have to be careful is um, knowing your limitations and uh, making sure that that kissing doesn't lead into you know, <laughs> other uh, activities that would arouse an individual and cause you to go mm, too far. Yes. But kissing and hugging, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book of the Song of Solomon. Have you guys looked at that at all? I believe uh, I've glanced over that before. Um, no. I have it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've heard so that it is definitely uh, something that you want to to look at. And uh, when you look at the Song of Solomon, it's almost something <laughs> that makes you say, "Okay, God is a little free." <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>, interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly, uh, kissing is permitted. Hugging is permitted. I wouldn't go any further than that mm-hmm. because then you get to the point where you are entertaining uh, uh, different uh, activities that will probably go too mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. That that was direct. That was very clear. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I do be like, okay, I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe we have some leeway, you know, mm. some things would be permitted. The, like, the, loop, the loophole. Yeah. 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 Okay, but I can see. It makes sense, like, kissing, hugging. Okay, I can see. But the kissing, though, let me tell you, the kissing depends on who's the kisser. That's right. That's why I said you got to be self-aware. You got to know your limitations. You got to know what gets you aroused and and when to back Mm -hmm. off. And, And so I would say, you know, it's important to also make sure that you have accountability measures in place. If you know you are one of those types of individuals that um, uh, you have a, a, a light trigger, <laughs> <I'll just say. laughs> then you might want to just be in the company of others a lot, especially uh, early mm-hmm. on in the relationship, just to make sure, you know, you have those parameters in place so that you are accountable and that you're not caught in those situations where you could get caught up. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely a challenge. 
when you're like in your 20s, you're almost all crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and we we are we all know our our triggers. We know our limitations, and it's just important to be honest with yourself, you know, and, and honest with the person that you're with too. Yeah, it's all about creating boundaries and not crossing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and boundaries are a healthy thing. You put boundaries around things that are of value. <clears throat> you know, when you respect someone, when you want to see uh, yourself and that individual have the right foundation, then you put those things in place because you know that you're dealing with the treasure. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, so my next question is, what's the difference between looking at someone that's attractive versus committing committed adultery? Mm, good, good question. <laughs> um, I, I would say... <laughs> Because uh, in our current society today, there's so much to look yeah. at. <laughs> uh, there, there's so much uh, social mm-hmm. media, and uh, we're such a visual society right now that it's easy to just have so much um, placed in front of you that you didn't necessarily intend to see. Mm-hmm. And I think it really comes down to uh, training your eye and training your, your mind as those things come into your, your line of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to say and to to weigh things and say, you know what, that's nice. And this is something that my husband and I, we practice and we're, we're what, 20 years in, uh, seeing somebody, whether it be of the same sex or the opposite sex, and we can appreciate, you know, beauty in uh, different individuals. But where you need to draw the line is where you begin to go down that rabbit hole and start entertaining um how should I say, uh, all the intimate possibilities of that individual. Mm-hmm. That's where you start to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's, it's, I'll say this too, it's not a sin to have the thought come your mm-hmm. way. It's not a sin to uh, think something. It's the incubation period. Okay. Let me say that. Yeah. It's when you, when you begin to entertain that thought and the progression of that thought is what leads to mm-hmm. sin. So enemy is always giving ideas, suggestions, and, you know, throwing those fiery darts our way. But what we do with it and how we convert those thoughts is on so, us. So um, you're saying if it's just thoughts, it's okay. But if you actually, um, if you actually um, take action, that's when it's wrong? Or is it- exactly. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that. And the thing is, too, and this is a reality here, uh, you're going to have thoughts. Yeah. But the Bible gives us a, a provision to handle that and to navigate that space. And it just, we're familiar with the verse that says that we are to cast down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But the thing is this, you can't cast down an imagination until it's in your possession. Mm. Mm. Right? So, uh, and I don't want to get too deep and theological, but that word to cast down means to violently hurl or throw mm. away. You can't throw away something that's not in your possession mm. unless you have your hands wrapped around. Mm-hmm. So once the thought comes, then it's our responsibility as to how to dispose so of it. You're saying that is is nothing wrong if like if um a guy thinks something sexual about another woman when he he's with someone else. 
unless he acts no, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, I'm not saying that at mm-hmm. all. And and that and sometimes we we can't help those yeah. thoughts when they come. Yeah. But how you embrace them, how if you choose to meditate uh, on them, that's that's the word I'm looking for. If you choose to entertain and incubate those yeah. thoughts, then that's where you are um, not being responsible. You're not being a good steward over those thoughts. Okay. Okay. Does that make yes. sense? Okay. So those thoughts might come, but it's it's our responsibility to handle them and to to manage them properly. Because like I said, oh, my gosh, between TV and, and uh, I mean, you could just be innocently uh, thumbing through your Facebook or Instagram, and it's just so much that just comes your way. And sooner or later, you know, something is going to be triggered. But, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to say that's nice, but that's not necessarily yeah. for me. So I'll, I guess I'm thinking about um, when Jesus tells his disciples that, even if you look upon a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. But I guess the difference would be mm-hmm. like just thinking about looking at a woman and saying like she's that's an attractive person. Or if a woman is looking right. at a man and just saying that's an attractive person, as opposed mm-hmm. to just looking at somebody and saying I want to have sex with them. Right. So it's when you start to introduce the thoughts of lust mm-hmm. and. You know, it's one thing to appreciate somebody's figure, and but again, that rabbit hole yeah. <laughs> is what gets us into trouble when we start going down mm. that path. Wow. So, uh, my next question is: It gets a little bit deeper. Yeah. A little bit deeper. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> this is a atomic yeah, topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this one. Um, my next question is, is watching pornography with your spouse a sin? So if you're already married, is it a, is it a sin to even entertain that? Entertain that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, and again, maybe I'm old-fashioned. I, I hope I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes, but I would, I, would, I would dare not say yes without having an a explanation. Okay. I wouldn't simply want to say, you know, with a blanket statement, yeah, that that's sin, and just walk mm-hmm. away. Um, but the explanation would be this. Um, if we look at the original meaning of the word sin, and again, not getting too theological or anything, but it's, it's, it's harmatia. Mm-hmm. And uh, harmatia means to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. So if you think about God being the creator, the one who had um, the first original thought about sex, the one who engineered Mm -hmm. sex for us and what his original intention was for Mm -hmm. sex, when you entertain pornography, Mm -hmm. you're missing the mark of his original intention for Mm -hmm. sex. Sex was meant to be between a man and a woman. It was meant to be before or between uh, a man and a woman that was under covenant. Mm-hmm. So when you are inviting, uh, uh, I guess you could say, another entity coming in, which would be that pornography, it's almost like having a, a uninvited plus one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. you know, when, you, when somebody invites you over to dinner, let's say they, they're going to invite you over to a lobster bake or something like that and say, okay, Jonathan, bring Christina. Mm. 
And then they prepare that meal for you, Christina and Jonathan, mm-hmm. but somebody else that they didn't know was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not enough for everybody to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I view pornography. It's like, okay, God prepared this nice party and then you come and you invite porn into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not something that God intended for the marriage. It's not something that he intended for uh, the covenant. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also I, I would say this too, um, a lot of times, and I'll, I'll just put it like this. I heard somebody tell me <laughs> <laughs> this about <laughs> somebody told, I don't know firsthand, but somebody told me and uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> the there, but um, pornography, a lot of times it has uh, scenes that are perverted. It has scenarios that are, studied full of uh, incest. Mm. And I mean, mm. if, if anybody's ever watched pornography, a lot of times it might be a brother and a sister. It might be, mm. and I hope this topic and where we're going in this is not too much for our Christian listeners, mm. <laughs> but a lot of times mm. it will have, uh, yeah, right. It's a lot of times it will have um, scenarios that are perverted such as, like I mentioned before, the, the incest. It'll have a brother and a sister, or it will have a mother and a son, a father mm-hmm. and a daughter. How can you bring that into a, a, a marriage moment mm-hmm. and say, Lord, bless the union that we're about to have? You know, that, that just, it, it, it's all about what you're entertaining with your eye gates and what you are, are allowing into that space. And so that's why I would emphatically say no, mm-hmm. And not only that, I think that um, pornography breeds insecurity as well, because when you look at these uh, scenarios that are on the screen, a lot of times they are um, drug enhanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are taking stuff to perform the way that they do on mm-hmm. screen. Um, and and I think it's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's cuts and there's it, it's a performance. Yeah. Um, a lot of times what I have known through uh, by way of counsel, uh, sometimes a woman will say, well, why am I not enough? Mm-hmm. You know, that we have to bring this or watch this in order for us to have a good time. Or a, a, a wife might look at the, the, the man and say, you know, your anatomy is not this or it ain't like JoJo that I saw yeah. on the screen. And again, it brings <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it brings unhealthy comparison. Mm, yeah. um, you know, that, that's just not something that you want to uh, introduce into uh, a marriage covenant. Mm. And uh, I, I just think it, it's healthy to, how can I say this? Make sure that you're not just trying to have intercourse, but you're trying to create intimacy. Mm. You got to, are, are you saying that you want to just have sex? Or do you want to have or make love? And that there's there's a difference mm-hmm. there. And so I think again, it's that whole threes a crowd mm-hmm. thing, that whole threes a crowd concept. I think when you introduce pornography into the mix, even though you're married, I think you mm-hmm. are introducing a element of perversion. Well, that's interesting. 
definitely. Um, and, and maybe that's not something that our listeners have thought about, but um, uh, I'm, I'm 20 years in, and again, I wasn't innocent before I got married. <laughs> and uh, I'm just saying by way of experience and even by way of counseling uh, married couples, it does mm. create a wedge. Mm. Yeah, and again, it's just not something that God uh, in, intended. He said the two shall become one. Yes become one yeah. flesh Definitely. not uh the two and then whatever's on the screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> jojo and, and yeah. sabrina and, and whatever <laughs> wow. all of them don't need to be they're they're uninvited mm. um let, well let, let, let me say um as far as like for um if we get any pastors um you know our christian folks that might tune in uh, with mm-hmm. the the thought of oh you shouldn't say that as a pastor or a Christ or a Christian people talking, my thing would be why not? Why would you not come with um, information according to the Bible, according to what God has? Absolutely. Said? Would you rather your children learn it from school? Would you rather them yeah. learn it from um, the Social kids? Media. Absolutely. Social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather them go watch? On the on the their laptops and everything like that, or would you rather them get some sound information um, from teachers? Absolutely. I think um, the one of the mistakes that we've made in the past, the churches, is not talking about um, these things and uh, these so-called things being taboo to talk about yeah. because we was trying to uh, stay holy, which I believe you can. Stay holy. The, the reason I think you should talk about it is to stay holy. Um, okay. How can you? Right. I think the mistake that we've made in the past in the churches, um, which I believe we're getting better at now, um, mm-hmm. is that we told people not to have sex yeah, or not what do. not to do, mm-hmm. but we did not so give them not? an explanation because if we gave them right. an explanation, then we would be being too taboo or you shouldn't say that over the pulpit or things of that nature. But the thing is, uh, my question would be, why, why not? Why wouldn't you uh, want to give information before the enemy gives them mm. information? Yeah. He can give them That's a right. perverse outlook on things. So you're trying to be so um, holy, not that we shouldn't, shouldn't be holy. We should be holy. Don't, don't, Anybody that's uh, listening, don't don't get me wrong on that. I that's right. No, holy. that's right. But um, that you should learn it in a righteous way. Yeah. And not let mm-hmm. not not allow. Say, I'm not going to do this because I'm trying to do it in this way where um, I don't cross any lines. But in the in the act of that, with you not teaching, now you give the enemy room to come in and teach it his way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I I agree with you, Jonathan, 1000%. I mean, emphatically, I agree with you. Um, And uh, I would say, I I just apologize for uh, any instance that anybody has experienced where they have, you know, on behalf of of leadership, Mm -hmm. anybody who has had questions, and maybe they honestly approached the leader in the church and, uh, Maybe they gave them an explanation, but it was shallow. It was, uh, you know, uh, oh, because God mm-hmm. said so. No, no, what we endeavor to do is, you know, make sure we give the whole counsel of God. And I think if we examine 
the word of God, I think we can see that the Lord had a lot to say about mm. sex. Um, but again, in context, and that context was marriage. And I think once you, uh, just like any tool, uh, if you use it in the proper way, you're going to get the maximum mm. benefit. Yeah. So um, to add on to um, the asking about pornog- pornography, is dirty talking mm-hmm. inappropriate before and after marriage? <laughs> yes. Here we I'm, go. I'm like, oh, I need to know. <laughs> y'all about to make y'all, y'all about to make me dig into my treasure <laughs> now. Um, again, I think that um, I'll say it this way. I'll use your words. So, uh, talking dirty shouldn't make you feel Ooh. dirty. Mm. I'll say it that way. I think that every couple needs to um, cultivate and and develop their own love language. I think, uh, I think it's part of foreplay. I think as long as you are, um, how can I say it? Promoting exclusive desire between the two of you, I think it's perfectly okay. Um, Establishing again, a love language mm. and again if you read the song of solomon mm-hmm. <laughs> i encourage you to do that uh yeah i, I think an intimate dialogue is essential um for any married couple and it's something that um again probably develops in the courting stage but i think is absolutely uh it, it's necessary yeah. <laughs> as someone that's 20 years in with a, a healthy love rela- uh, love relationship and a healthy love uh, relationship with my husband, I would say definitely yes. Mm. It's appropriate. Okay. But again, again, as long as it, it honors the person that you're with and it doesn't make them feel or make them revert back to maybe a, a time where they didn't feel so good about themselves mm. or, you know, um, perhaps some some activity or whatever that they didn't feel comfortable with i think it's it's perfectly fine mm. and necessary okay that that's okay. A, that's good John, Jonathan, don't don't you know your 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 eyes are probably squinting over there that mom like this well that's good to know i don't know will ever be the same <laughs> But no, I, I think it's all good in the context of marriage. I think it's all That's good, good. to know. Okay. Hmm? Yep. Yeah, everybody has to have a love language. Mm-hmm. So so with marriage, we know that we, we're supposed to wait until marriage um, to have sex, to have intercourse. Um, so mm-hmm. after marriage, is there any, and we was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, things that we don't talk about um in the church that's mm-hmm. taboo because we, we think it's um taboo. But is there after mm-hmm. marriage, is there anything as far as um being sexual with your spouse, is there anything that is considered that you're not allowed to do? hmm I would say this. I, I just uh refer back to the word. It says that the marriage bed is undefiled. Mm-hmm. And I think as as long as you and your, your spouse are comfortable mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't uh, lead to any kind of health issues, um, I think everything is in play. Again, as long as you're not um, 
injecting something perverted, such as the porn and, and certain, um, I would say you probably should examine and assess uh, certain music too, because it, and I think that would be another bro, uh, podcast that we might need to talk about. Oh, music. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you are, you are, you right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, a major mm-hmm. influencer and, and the spirits that are attached mm-hmm. to that. Uh, music is not mm-hmm. neutral. It definitely is not neutral. And uh, again, what you are allowing in your ear gates and your eye gates um, is critical, uh, especially in the um, the intimate act, because, again, this is it's highly spiritual. Sex is highly spiritual. And I know that um, in this society and this culture today, um, they have reduced it to something that's just uh, uh, physical, but it, it's highly spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, you have, you have a neon green light if you are married. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's pleasurable for the two of you and, you know, yeah. Gotcha. And I want to add on. I want to add on to you. You saying uh-huh. sex is is not just physical; it's spiritual. And mm-hmm. you're totally right because I I just thought about like how people don't like think about this, but you know you create soul ties when you have sex with different people, mm-hmm. and that definitely Absolutely. affects you not just physically but mentally as well and spiritually and emotionally. That's right. Everything. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That that's exactly it. And it's funny, the thing about any type of bondage or any kind of soul tie is that you don't, you don't necessarily realize that it's there until you try to get free mm-hmm. or until you try to do something else or the way that I've taught it in the past is that you don't hear the chains rattling until you try to oh. get free. Wow. So um, it's just definitely because sometimes those soul ties, they come in subtly. And you don't necessarily um, acknowledge until maybe you enter into another relationship and uh, you go to do something that should be easy or you go to engage in something with that uh, new significant other and you realize, hey, you know, I have an issue here or, you know, I didn't get rid of the old baggage from the previous relationship or the previous engagement. So um, important to recognize especially as women because we are receptacles by Mm -hmm. nature just our even if you look at our anatomy you know we are receptacles we we take in we we incubate things and so that intimate act really impacts us even though in this day and this time uh there's such a, a hard facade on women nowadays and and we might i we might I, I should say this, uh, we might act like, you know, things don't bother us or things don't get to mm-hmm. us, but God's design doesn't lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still emotional. God's design. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. lie. And, and I would say this too, um, just in terms of, you know, what goes on in the bedroom, all things are lawful, nice. but yeah. not all things are expedient. That's right. And so just in looking up that word, um, uh, Pharaoh, not all things are profitable or not all things add to you. So, or not all things add value. So you just got to, um, establish that between you and your spouse, mm. you know, the course of your relationship. Mm. I, I just had a question, um, that just came to me. This actually doesn't have anything to do 
with what we're sure talking about, Pastor Toss. <laughs> but when you said, no, I, I'm I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> Go ahead. When you said all things are lawful but not expedient. I thought I started thinking about tattoos for a minute, um, mm-hmm. and I I know that the Bible tells us not to mark our body because our bodies are not our own. But then I look in mm-hmm. the book of Revelation, and John says that when he looked at Jesus and his spiritual body, that when he comes back, he's going to have his name written. I believe it's on his, if I'm not mistaken, on his side. So on is, side. It, is Jesus mm-hmm. saying that it's okay for me to have tattoos, but not you? Or what is he saying? Or is it that, like, you can have tattoos? put like demons on you or something or, or it matters what you put on you or mm-hmm. something or mm-hmm. you see africans uh excuse me if you you know if you if you are african you listening but you see in the african um some cultures you see certain piercings that they have that might look a little mm-hmm. funny is he just saying like don't do that or is he saying like don't do mm-hmm. tattoos at all and, and it's just because i got one don't mean you <laughs> Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is for me, yeah. not for you. <laughs> do as I say, yeah. not as I do. Okay, hold on. <laughs> what I would say about the whole tattoo piece is this, and um, I, I think this is something that, again, is not discussed on on major platforms. Mm-hmm. And what you got to consider is not just your intention for getting the tattoo, mm-hmm. but a lot of time these tattoo artists they have a different agenda. And I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying every tattoo artist is like Mm. this, but some of them actually, um, they perform ceremonies and they, they consider themselves like shamans. Mm. Um, Even like your, your regular, you know, shop in the city or something like that. They consider themselves as they are applying that, that tattoo, they are imparting something. So it's not you know what your intention is for for getting the tattoo or even what the image is i mean we you know good and well you shouldn't have you know demons and and uh things like that that's not appropriate for a child of god why mm-hmm. would you want to you know include that into mm-hmm. the flesh but um, the other thing to consider is what is the intention of the artist mm-hmm. And what had and that's something that nobody ever talks oh, about. You know, what what have they committed themselves to as they are, you know, uh putting permanent ink into your body, into your oh. vessel, into your flesh. And remember, our bodies are not our own. They're, we're just stewarding over something that does not belong mm. to us. That's what the word of God says. And we've been bought with a price. Mm. So how we steward over our bodies should always um, have uh, the intention of honoring and glorifying God. Mm. That's what I would say about that. Nice. Now that that's saying that you're going to be condemned to hell, you know, <laughs> because you have a tattoo. Uh, I'm not saying that at all, but I have seen major deliverance um, from people who had tattoos mm. and did not know, just like I said before, and that, that previous uh, question that we were talking about, sometimes you don't realize that the bondage is there until you go to get free. Mm-hmm. And then you see the manifestation of that demon spirit. Um, again, I, I think we, we're on a tangent and I don't mind mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm just 
going to be, you know, uh, committed to the topic that um, you told your listeners, but I don't mind. Yeah. Sometimes you don't hear you don't hear those chains rattling until you try to get mm. free. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was about the whole tattoo piece. I don't know if this is going to get edited out and go into another segment or no, 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 <laughs> no, it's fine. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on John's heart to ask. Yeah. It's yeah. a good question. They don't really talk about that in churches either. Not really. Yeah. They said don't get tattooed. I mean, yeah. I know because your body's a temple. I know that. But mm-hmm. like, that's right. I never thought about though. That's a good mm-hmm. point. I never thought about what is the intention of the artist. I never thought mm-hmm. like they could have they could have different intentions like that's not good. And some of them do. Yeah, some of them think it's their mission in life to um, introduce certain uh, thought patterns, and it, it's a whole it's a whole series. We we probably need to have a whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> we, we come up with all these different topics, like, <laughs> and they're all good. Again, I just commend mm-hmm. you guys for having these topics because it's so relevant and it's so necessary. It's so necessary. Mm-hmm. So with everything being said, what are some advice you would give to a Christian couple managing sex before and after marriage? Um, I would say that one plus one equals one mm-hmm. in God's uh, arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Again, he intended that the two will become one. Mm. And I think it's important to um, recognize that uh, in God's mind, he orchestrated sex and, and marriage and the whole thing to be a reflection of our relationship with him. He doesn't want us to have a relationship with him and other gods and other deities, other entities so the same should be reflected in our marriage relationship. So that that's what I would say for that. Um, there, there's a couple of different things. And even as I was thinking on the topic, um, if you are a person who is, uh, I would say, abstaining and you're by yourself, mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to recognize that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm-hmm. Um if you are single right now and you've chosen to say, you know what, I'm going to um, not engage, I'm going to abstain until, you know, I'm saving myself until I, I find that one, um, I think that, first of all, is commendable, is tremendously commendable in this day and age. And I would say that um, that individual should use this time to really fall in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that is the foundation and the backbone that's going to set that individual up for a successful relationship. I would say that that same individual should um, set their standards high and keep them high. Um, I think that's important as well. I think it's also a time where um, that person can develop, how can I say, um, self-awareness. I think that's important Mm -hmm. when you're by self and when you're alone, I think it's important to uh, really take the time to assess who you are, because if you don't know who you are, it's difficult to enter into a relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. If that's making yeah, sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, yeah. And, and know who, yeah. what you and, want and need. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it's also important too for um, somebody that's that has that status um, of singleness right now. I think it's an awesome opportunity to begin to uh, just intercede and prophetically just speak over that spouse mm-hmm. to come, that spouse to be. Um, that's something that I did in my early twenties. Um, had no idea who my, my spouse would be, had no idea how to even pursue a healthy relationship. I look back in my family lineage and it was nothing but divorce after mm. divorce and broken relationship after broken relationship. Mm. And all the females were single. Uh, everybody had kids, mm. you know, but all the females were without a spouse. So I remember just um, taking a season in my life and saying, God, mm. I need you to um, just, uh, help me to address this issue so that I don't perpetuate the same pattern that I saw in my, in my family. And so I think it's an awesome time. And one thing that he led me to do was to begin to pray for my spouse in advance, even though I did not know who he was. Mm-hmm. I think that sets you up when you begin to take that issue to God in prayer before you even meet your spouse. I think it becomes easier for you to recognize who they are when they do arrive mm-hmm. because you spend time um, sketching that out with the mm-hmm. Lord, sketching out your desires, sketching out um, characteristics and things that will become familiar because it's become familiar in prayer. So I, I think that's, I tell you, singleness is an awesome place to be. I know it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't, it's a rough time sometimes emotionally, but it is an awesome place to level up. I'll, I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. And, and I would say also that um, when you choose to uh, abstain, which, again, is not a, a popular stance to have, it's not about brownie points. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we think, okay, you know, I'm in the church. I need to not have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. And if you bombard your mind um, just with the, the, the thought of, okay, I can't have sex, then you just set yourself up for frustration. I was looking at something and I was doing some research uh, into uh, sports psychology. And one thing that they said was that um, it's hard to turn a negative confession into a positive action. I said, wow. So for instance, if you have somebody who plays football, for instance, and the person keeps rehearsing in their minds, um, Uh, don't get tackled, don't get tackled, don't get Mm -hmm. tackled. Instead of saying, I'm fast enough and I'm swift enough, I'm strong enough to outrun this person, Mm -hmm. then that person is the person that's successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of concentrating on, you know, don't miss the shot, don't miss the shot. Instead of just saying, I have trained for this, I have the ability to make the shot. You know, those are the people that are successful. And I would say the same thing is true in your uh, your singleness. Instead of concentrating on, you know, not having sex, instead you should say, you know, I'm going to concentrate. I'm going to love myself enough. I'm going to love God enough. And I'm going to love my significant other enough not to engage. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. That's a very good point. Very, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because you can drive yourself crazy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Talking about what you're not going to do. Not going to do. What, what yeah. we not going to do. 
not going to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. People end up actually doing You keep keep telling yourself what you're not going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, I, I would exactly. never do that. And the next thing you know, you, you're doing that. Yep. There you go. Never say never. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I learned yeah. my lesson. There you go. Yeah, and I would say, too, you know, for any male that is deciding to um, preserve themselves until marriage, that that is, let, let me just say this. I, that was attractive to me uh, when I was single. And, Jonathan, when you, your father and I were, um, were courting, mm-hmm. is that he thought enough of me not to violate me in that mm-hmm. way. And when I say violate, I mean um, not to compromise my walk with the Mm. Lord. He cared enough to, and I cared enough about him Mm. as well to say, you know what? I don't want to see you take an L in front of God Mm. just so that I could get gratified, Mm. you know? And I, I would say that to any woman, that should be attractive Somebody that can, a, a man that can, can guard that entryway, <laughs> I'll just use yeah. that, <laughs> that, that euphemism, that entryway, so that no intruders will come in. And again, I think people misunderstand and kind of un- underestimate what sex is all about. It's when God tells us not to engage before marriage, it's not just so, again, that we can Um, get some kind of religious brownie points, but it's so that we don't invite intruders into the marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you invite certain hardships when you choose to engage in sex before marriage. Um, I forgot the actual reference, but I think it's in 1 Corinthians, I want to say around chapter 6, where it talks about the person who engages in fornication sins against his own mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the only sin where you actually sin against yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a, a man that would guard against that, that he, he would look out for me and himself to the degree where he would say, you know what, I'm going to put my own desires on hold so that nothing comes in, no, no intruders, nobody comes in to damage what we have here, I think that is immensely attractive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that's just me. <laughs> that's a rare. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the listeners have to say yeah. about that. That's very rare. Yeah. I, hope, I hope I have an amen corner on that, but if not, I, I have my own relationship <laughs> that has, has reaped the benefits of that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what just came to me? Um, no. Um, with some people who might be struggling with it or some um, unbelievers, their question might be, well, how do you know if you don't have sex before marriage, how do you know if you got two are compatible with each other? I've heard a lot of people say that before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and- Oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and finish your question. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. No, that pretty much was my question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about how you prophetically pray mm-hmm. before that person is on your mm-hmm. radar, um, before that person is even in the picture. You pray for things like compatibility. You pray for things like their welfare and you know their health and and their uh, their mental stability and their emotional health and things like you you pray for those things ahead of time so that when that individual comes and when that that presentation is mm-hmm. there 
again, it's something familiar and you don't have to guess, mm. okay, is this person compatible, mm. you know? And because again, it's, it's something that you already interceded mm. for. So I, I, that's one way to look at it. And, and I would say this also, even if you don't even take that route, you know, you ain't even thinking like that <laughs> and you already with yeah. somebody <laughs> just like in the picture right now, I think compatibility can be taught sometimes um you kind of teach each other what is appropriate or what is satisfying mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I think that's you know yeah i think it can be taught yeah yeah that's good yes mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's all we have <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have for today but we definitely um want to have you come back on maybe and talk about um, some of the music, the things that's oh, going yeah. on with the music, mm-hmm. the ideas of mm-hmm. music, um, mm-hmm. what you should be listening to, what not, and mm-hmm. you know, if if not, then why, you know, why not? Um, you know, of course, mm-hmm. just 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 the same thing with with sex, you know, not just um telling people not to do this or not right. to listen to this, but why? The, I think yeah, the, why. the why is important. I think that's what has. Over from I, I I would say that not, maybe I'm young, but I would say it's the nineties. Maybe it's maybe it's further back than that. You can tell me, but I think that's kind of when it <laughs> <laughs> when it started was when we um really was telling people not to do things, but we wasn't giving them the why. And I think that's oh, where. Oh no, it started way before okay, you. Okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Wait yeah, for yeah. you. Yep, you're not yourself. Your generation is mm-hmm. not alone. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you know what though. I mm-hmm. think that I might be wrong in this, but I think that out of all of the generations, I think that even back in the day, even if you didn't believe, you had some sort of respect for somebody who said right. they was a Christian. But nowadays, um, you don't really get that um same respect if you were to say that you were a Christian um, from an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, and unfortunately, uh, as a leader in the church, I, I, again, I have to apologize on behalf of leadership for those individuals that have seen things that were um, reproachable or things that caused them, you know, to lose faith in the church. But the flip side of that is, okay, you might have seen some things, but that doesn't take away from who God mm-hmm. is. And, you know, when you, when you set your eyes on man, they're always, always going to fail you. Always. I mean, if you're looking for a weakness in man, you always it won't be hard to mm-hmm. find. But when you keep your eyes on the Lord, then, you know, you can, you can stay strong in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, one more thing, you know, I, I keep getting stuff that's coming to me. It's really that's, that's okay. really I'm enjoying more than the question. Um, but I hear a lot of um, mm-hmm. unbelievers say, they say, well, I'm not going back to church because mm. um, it's a lot of messy people in church. Yep. Well, drama. And what, mm-hmm. Yeah, and drama and mm-hmm. things like fake people mm-hmm. in church and stuff like that. But I would say to that is that, well, you still go to the club and there's messy people there. Is liars there. Still go to work. That don't stop you from getting <laughs> dressed and going to the club <laughs> at night. You know, <laughs> but you let that stop you from not only a person, but it let, you let that stop you from going to the house of God. Not saying that mm-hmm. um, for people that's listening, not saying that church, you can't worship God in your house and you can't live mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Of course you can. Of course you can. 
feel God's presence wherever you wherever you are. Um, but I think it's mm-hmm. something significant about um, jo- joining together with people with a like mind um, right. of yours. I think it's it, it encourages you as a human being uh, to be around it's other people. You have to somebody, um, you're not losing your mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and being alone, I think that's another reason why God said said about Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. He wasn't just talking about um, so Adam could have sex with Eve, but when he said that that's right. it's not good for man to be alone, it's meant for man to have some sort of fellowship with another human being. That's right. Um, I believe that he, when he said that it's not good for man to be alone, what he meant was that Adam at that point in time was too much like him. Um, mm-hmm. God was on his own and it's okay for God to be on his own because he's God. He can handle that. But I believe that, at, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I believe that at, at, at that point, that's where he put Eve in Adam's life. Um, so that he can have, uh, fellowship or with somebody, companionship Maybe, as well yeah. with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say this, um, my my addition to that is that um, I wouldn't say God was alone in the sense that he was by himself because, again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there was always that communal fellowship mm-hmm. with the Godhead. The Godhead was always in mm-hmm. existence. Well, I would, would say to that is that um, Adam being in the image of God definitely needed to have that fellowship. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, and this is one thing that we, we talked about. Um, I think we might have mentioned it either in a Bible study or even offline when we were mm. talking, is that um, we were talking about the difference between uh, the unregenerated mind and the regenerated mind and how uh, Adam was able to recognize Eve as his partner. Mm. And we talked about how when Adam said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, God had equipped Adam, before the fall, with the ability to assess Eve from the inside out. Mm-hmm. She's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Mm-hmm. So as a man, a holy man of God, he was able to see the foundation of who Eve was and said, that's for mm-hmm. me. So I, I, think that's, I think that's critical, but I think what has happened since the fall and what has happened since um, uh, the, the world has become so visually inclined is that now men are seeing the women from the outside Ooh, in. Yeah. And so they, their attraction is reversed, you know. And so that's why it's really important to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, again, when you're searching for that significant other, you're able to go in with that X-ray vision and say, okay, what is her foundation like? And is it compatible with who I am and who God has made me to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I hope it serves your listeners well. And I thank you so much for um, just allowing me to be on this platform. And uh, again, y- your generation is, uh, <laughs> is, is a challenging generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the millennials and uh, Generation X and all that. Um, one thing I really, really appreciate about you guys is that you have a level of transparency that is so necessary. 
And uh, and I just commend you for being willing to, to have these topics. And I hope that you continue to have more subjects like mm-hmm. this, because there's a lot of pastors who want to give voice, who want to give the, the, the practical application from the word mm-hmm. of God. But it also takes um, those that have a listening ear as mm-hmm. well. So I, I'm appreciative, again, that the two could come together today. And, and, and we had the both the best of both worlds today. So thanks for that. Definitely. We yeah. um we, we appreciate, appreciate you. you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. We know you we know uh oh my goodness, all the accolades we have and everything. Oh my like goodness, that. yes, that's um, impressive. Yeah. No, no, I no. even know. <laughs> wow. It's very inspirational. All that means <laughs> is that the grace of God has been very Ooh. thick <laughs> life. That's all that means. <laughs> He's been very kind. That that's all that means. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, so um, definitely we will try and get you on another episode in the future. You can give some more wisdom and knowledge yes. um, that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we again, we want to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, mm-hmm. This has been CJ Honesty. And that's it. Until next time. until next time guys love Love you you. all right be blessed just being honest nothing but the truth